if I upload a video, I have to be perfect. You know, I have to, we have to go to the studio. We have to have color correction. It needs to be super cool because we're such a cool band. No, man, just take a phone, film yourself. This can work so much uh, better. So don't be afraid, be imperfect and put your stuff out there. People like this. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm here today with uh, my good friend Tobias. Uh, I called him Tobias for like the first year that, that I knew him, but he's from Germany, and he goes by both by both names. But he is the founder of uh, Tube Accelerator, and he's a solo acoustic guitarist who has gotten over 35 million views on YouTube. And he's got over 310,000 subscribers. You know, I was doing some research on, uh, yeah, how many people is, is that kind of a conceptualize it. And it's more people than live in Orlando, where, where I live. So literally like more subscribers than the entire city of Orlando, which is pretty, pretty incredible. And so, um, you know, today I really wanted to, to focus on, you know, as a musician, how can you grow a presence on, on YouTube? And I know Tobias is a, an expert at that. So. Dude, thanks for taking the time to hop on here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be talking to you, man. For sure. So um, we actually, we went on a, a sailboat trip with our friend Chris SD. So to Tobias and I, we've had a chance to talk and we've had some like deep, like metaphorical, uh, spiritual conversations and stuff. So we've got to know each other pretty well at this point. So, so I already kind of know your story, but could you give us a quick, like a brief introduction of your story and kind of how you yeah. got to this point where, you know, you had 35 million you know, views on, on YouTube? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, basically I started playing the guitar when I was 14, had my own band back then, and we always wanted to make it big, but never really made it big. And then after my studies, I decided to yeah work in the music industry and I worked for Warner Music here in Germany and I helped to promote artists like Bruno Mars and David Garrett here on the German market. And um, yeah, that was basically a really good, great insight for me to really learn how the music industry really works and how important it is to promote and see your music like a business. And eventually I decided to, yeah, that I still wanted to try to pursue my own career as an artist. And at that time I totally got into this modern percussive finger style. This is when you like just bang on your guitar basically and do all these crazy sounds. And then I really was like, okay, I now want to use my knowledge and really apply it to yeah my own music and really see how it goes and yeah it went really well so youtube really helped me to grow a big audience a fan base and i yeah been on tour in china taiwan singapore i've been to a reality show show in los angeles um where it's just about um yeah basically helping musicians and marketing music with uh, babyface walter Epinesia and really like big people uh, from the music industry. And I just learned a lot over there. And I, yeah, just, I felt more and more how important it is to focus on the online world. Because back then we always just wanted, like we were kind of waiting for this one awesome song we can put out there and then we get magically discovered and we are famous. <laughs> But this is not how it works. You have to put some work in there and you have to build up your fan base yourself. Otherwise, no label will ever pick you up. And then you don't even need a label anymore once you know how to market yourself because then you can basically um, keep most of the profits yourself that you make from your music business, how I like to call it. So yeah, that's the whole story in a nutshell, basically. Mm, I love it, dude. I, I love what you said too. I feel like it's so important because I, I see it a lot too is you know artists who feel like they're kind of waiting for someone to kind of come and save them or someone to come and yeah. take care of all that marketing and business stuff like i just i'm just a creator i don't even want to worry about it and you know the problem is that you know one 
it's really, really hard for them to find someone to come and do that because they haven't built up anything successful on their own. So it sounds like you know, one of the key insights that, that you learned as well is sort of like how valuable it is to start thinking about it like a business and to grow a certain level of success. Because then if you do decide to you know, go with a record label or something, you have more clout, you, like you have more, more credibility, you can get a better deal, more leverage. But at that point, you don't even necessarily need them as much because you have this thing growing on your own. That's awesome. Yes. So, you know, when it comes to like to building a presence online as, as a musician and specifically like YouTube, I know is a really incredible platform for musicians and there's a lot of different options, right? There's, you know, now there's like TikTok and there's like these different things that come out every, every other day. What is it about YouTube that you feel like really kind of sets it apart and makes it a really valuable place for musicians to be? Yeah. So in my opinion, like YouTube is just one of the most valuable and best platforms you actually need to be on because it kind of works differently than Facebook, Instagram, and all the other platforms. And the really great thing is that basically YouTube is your partner. So they are like, they partner with their creators and they help you to spread the word or your music out there and get new followers on autopilot. And it's the other way around with Facebook and Instagram. I mean, these are still good channels, but they work differently. The way they work is you have to continuously produce content, put it out there. And once you post a video, you have a spike and it goes down and that's it. It goes flat. And mm. with YouTube, it's, Basically, you upload a video, it's a spike, it might go down as well, but it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going, and it keeps even growing. Like still one of my strongest video is still awake, and I uploaded it, I don't know, 10 years ago, and still every single day I get thousands of views because of that video. And this is how, it, how basically the platforms differ. And I did even a test, this is really interesting, with one of my songs, Passion Loop, and I uploaded this to YouTube. It has now around 2 million views or something like this. And when I did the test, it had around 1 million. And I uploaded the very same video on Facebook as well. And the really interesting thing was, same video, both channels had a lot of audience. On YouTube, it had a watch time of over 60% on average, so the average watch time. So people watched more than half of it, which is quite good. On Facebook, same video, as well over 100,000 views, 7%. And you see, like Facebook is just not for consuming music. It's like people scroll through their news, news feed, they just like have a short attention span. And on YouTube, it's the other way around. People take time, they listen to your music, they enjoy it. And this is the way why as a musician, you definitely need to be on YouTube. And as I said, it keeps growing and pushing your, your music. Like while we're talking right now, I can check my stats. I have a lot of people watching my videos. I don't do anything. And you don't have that with Facebook and Instagram. So they have their own strength, especially if you go into the paid advertising and do, because you have awesome targeting options, but just as a whole, still YouTube um, is just killing it. And I, I think every artist, musician, like you have to be on YouTube. Like you, every day you get new fans, you get discovered and make use of this. That's, that's awesome. So it sounds like really the main difference between YouTube and Facebook and Instagram or a couple of the main benefits of it versus those is one that just in terms of consumption, like YouTube, when people go to listen to music there, they're natural, they're going to stick around for longer. They're going to watch 60, 70%. Even like the way that they determine what's a view on YouTube is something like, what is it after 15 seconds or 20 seconds is like when they actually count it or on like Facebook, it's like, three seconds or something where it's like, you know, a little bit less mileage per view. And in terms of like long-term, you know, leverage, YouTube is something that you have a, so a song from 10 years ago that is still, you're getting thousands and thousands of views per day. Whereas like with YouTube or with, uh, with Facebook or Instagram, it's like you post it and then it goes down in the newsfeed and then it's gone like almost instantly. And I, I think you're a hundred percent right. And the mistake that I see a lot of artists making is like posting <laughs> all the time on Facebook and Instagram and like, just like, it's like a hamster wheel where it's just like just so much time and energy and it's like kind of lower quality content too because they're trying to do it so much and they're spreading themselves so thin. And so uh, it sounds like, you know, with YouTube, it's really, it's more of a long-term, a long-term strategy where it's, it's going to stick around and create and the, the high quality content kind of rises to the top and it can use to get traffic. Facebook and Instagram, you know, they have a different, different pros and cons. So in terms of like paid traffic, they can actually be really powerful and they can be good to, to be able to target and be able to drive traffic 
usually away from Facebook and Instagram in order to really most benefit a musician. But uh, in terms of like just organic, being able to reach more people and build, build a real fan base, YouTube is like a super powerful platform that everyone should be on. Yeah, I forgot to mention as well that um, when it comes to how these platforms work, it's like Facebook is kind of a gatekeeper. So of course they own your likes, let's say, but still they really cut down the organic reach. Like mm -hmm. even now my fan page has around 130,000 um, likes, but back then, like when I had just 5,000 likes, I reached up to a thousand people, I got up to a thousand likes per post. So I reached a lot of my audience. And then my audience grew, but my reach declined. And now, like sometimes I'm posting a new snippet and I get 60 likes or something and just a few. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like it's, and then they're like, okay, boost your post, pay me to uh, basically, and then we will show you tomorrow. And this is mm -hmm. the other way with uh, YouTube, which I so enjoy that they really keep on uh, showing you videos, recommending you videos. So there's really mm -hmm. a big difference as well, yeah. That, that, that's so important. Yeah, I actually, I, I recommend like the artists that I work with, I tell them, I don't even recommend just posting organically on, on Facebook, you know, because yeah. the organic reach is so bad. And I think like most of your fans, like they don't realize that Facebook sucks for organic reach. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Like all they know is just that, you know, there's not very many people engaging with it. I, I do think there's a place for Facebook and Instagram. They can be really powerful tools, but then it kind of comes into the, the paid traffic and the automation and like building funnels and things around that. And that, that can be really powerful, but yeah, it is like, it's a pay to play win and you need to have a system built and you need to be really you need to have like a metric system and to know like what your numbers are and to build a system around it. And it's more than just boosting a post as opposed to like YouTube, you know, it's something you don't have to, you don't have to pay in order to reach people. And if you have like a lot of subscribers, you're actually going to reach those people as opposed to like posting it and reaching a very small percentage. Rating is as well. It's like, you don't only reach your subscribers. Like the video I just uploaded a few weeks ago. It's like, I just check and I get much more um, views from people who are not subscribed to my channel. And that is the great thing that will probably never have happen uh, on YouTube because it's like, YouTube keeps on showing and suggesting your video, other people who are potential, potential fans who might like your music and they discover you through YouTube. And so it's like YouTube is kind of proactively pushing your video out there. And this is the other, like, in, and when it comes to Facebook, organically, you're fighting to reach only your own subscribers. So it's kind of this Gary Vee effect. Like, I mean, I like Gary Vee and he's an awesome guy. <laughs> just about putting out content 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 it's a full-time job like if you just put out content you're just working your ass off off to basically post content like you said but, but nobody sees it and nobody cares and it's just like you a hamster wheel you just have to keep on doing and with youtube i upload like five to ten videos per year it's like crazy it's like not a lot of videos but still each video brings in constantly new views and even in 10 years from now people will watch my videos that I recorded right now or even years ago. And so it's like incomparable. It's like really powerful. Mm, beautiful. You know, with, with our bands, you know, we had like 17 million views on YouTube and it was a huge platform for us and it was so valuable. Like I know YouTube is, is really important. Now, hopefully everyone that's listening is like, okay, cool. I'm on the YouTube train. I want to kids. I really want to dig into it. What are some of the biggest like challenges or some of the mistakes that you see when musicians get started trying to build a YouTube presence? What I see a lot is that people kind of give up, give up easily. They put out a video and they expect it to get a lot of views within a few weeks. And then if this video doesn't get a lot of views, they're like, ah, YouTube kind of sucks. It doesn't work. But it is a long-term strategy for sure. It's like this bamboo tree story where the tree isn't growing at all. But then after four years, it's growing like crazy. But it's, it had like grown the uh, roots like all the time. And it's kind of the same with YouTube. It took a while for my channel to take off but then it just gets like a snowball it gets stronger and stronger and stronger so you definitely have to keep um posting videos over there not that often though but here um it one really like there are several things actually first is not having optimized videos that that's what I see so often. Like if you don't have correct metadata, um, you use the wrong tags, you don't like optimize anything. And um, this is one important thing. And the other one is the kind of content. So sometimes I see really low quality content and people expect this to work, but this is not the way. Like you have to have good videos and it doesn't mean good by 
polished video, super fancy productions, not at all. You can have super well working like cell phone videos, but it's about this kind of what's inside the video. Like it needs to trigger this kind of emotion in you, which is like this primal desire to share it like this. I need to show this to my friends. This is awesome. You can be like a drummer drumming on buckets or you can, I, I don't know, you can play the guitar with five people or you do something funny and it just picks up and people love this. So have this kind of spark, this kind of wow factor that people like and then combined with proper optimization and promotion, like this is really a great blueprint and it works. But it's always like, like you, you have several factors, you know, it's always like, like on this uh, little padlocks with three different numbers that have to match. And it's not always one. It's like if you optimize your video perfectly, doesn't mean it will take off. It, you, it needs to be good video. It's, it needs to be well optimized and promoted in a great way. And if you have three, uh, these three variables uh, in place, you, have, yeah, like you drastically increase your chances for success. So yeah, it's always three factors that you need to uh, focus on. Mm. I love it. So, so sounds like the three kind of main factors when it comes to, you know, building successful presence on, on YouTube. And one mistake that a lot of people make is just not understanding the way that the platform works in the first place in terms of it being a long-term play, you know, sort of expecting it's like, you're gonna put it out and instantly you're gonna have hundreds of thousands of views, but it really is kind of like planting, planting a seed and, you know, you yeah. plant the seeds and you got to kind of nurture it and you water it and it starts to grow and like bamboo at a certain point, it goes and just shoots way up really right. quickly. When it comes to the types of content to create and, and how to be successful on it, there's a couple of different things that you're having. So like one is really making sure that you understand how to optimize it correctly in terms of like the metadata and in terms of like the tagging. And you know, maybe we, we can dig a little bit deeper into that in a little bit. But one, one thing that I'd love to, to pick your brain on a little bit more is um, the other thing you talked about was this, you know, kind of having a, the content of the video, not necessarily needing to be like the most polished or like you need to spend like you know, $10,000 on a video budget. In fact, a lot of times music videos, people spend tens of thousands of dollars and it's like they flop because they don't really have that, that wow factor, that, that viral like tendency behind it. Could you tell me a little bit more about that viral tendency? Like what, what kind of makes that up and that wow factor? Like, you know, yeah. is there like a framework or an idea for how do you create content like that? The thing is, um, you have to connect to your audience and to wow them. And what a polished music video does, it, it creates a disconnect from your audience. You, you have several shots here and there, you're in fancy places, awesome skylines, but it's like, yeah, well, that's cool, but I'm not part of this, you know, I'm not connected. And just imagine you have, I don't know, a great artist like The Weeknd or standing like just with his friends and the few people on the streets doing music. And it's like, whoa, that's cool. He's like, you, you have a connection to them. And this is, triggers much more emotion inside of you. And this is the emotion that makes you share videos. Just remember, what kind of videos did you share? When I remember what I share, like the last thing it was during the coronavirus, uh, some awesome uh, saxophone player playing some, um, the Dance Monkeys song, like in, in, uh, on the streets and all the people, and it was awesome. And it was so cool, but I wouldn't have shared it if you had a proper production, you know? Because then it's like, yeah, of course, it's perfect and it's good. But if it's like this relatable, you know, emotional, and there's a connection, this is really important. And then if you can include a wow factor in this or in there, this is, then, then you're killing it. Like what I do with my videos, it's always like quite technical. It's kind of fancy and people are like, wow, how is he doing this? I, I need to share this to my friends because people feel better when they feel like they, they discovered this artist or they were the first who saw this awesome drama like killing it with just like some paint buckets on the streets. And they're like, what? what the hell is he doing? I need to show this to all my friends because then it lifts my status up within my friends, uh, within my friend circle and whatsoever. And you have to trigger this little, like this emotional thing. Then don't just amaze, like with polish and awesome stuff, like really triggered with the relatable videos and a wow factor. And this can really uh, work wonder. And it can be even shot with a iPhone, like, or like a <laughs> camera phone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be high quality. And the funny thing, I noticed it. Lastly, I was um, producing more well-produced videos. I went into the studio in Berlin, like the YouTube studio. Like if you check out my song Clarity, 
like everything, um, nice setting, everything. But the videos I shot at home with a single camera kill all the other professional videos. So it's kind of really what I noticed on my own videos um, that the more, let's say, amateur the setup is, the better they work. It's just like more relatable, I think, than having like a super fancy gimbal and all that stuff, and the lights. And so the next videos will be just again in my living room, just one camera and a mic, and I will record myself because I don't need a fancy setup and pay thousands to have posh videos. They, they don't work as well as just amateur, nice, relatable videos. So that's, I think, an important thing. And it takes a lot of pressure, I think, of a lot of artists because so many people think, if I upload a video, I have to be perfect. You know, I have to, we have to go to the studio. We have to have color correction. It needs to be super cool because we're such a cool band. No, man, just take a phone, film yourself, do a cappella version. This can work so much uh, better. So don't be afraid, be imperfect and put your stuff out there. People like this. I love that, dude. That's so important because I think you're 100% right. Like a lot of people, we, we hold ourselves back and it's really, it's mostly out of fear. It's like out of fear of failing or out of being like, you know, seen in a certain way, but, or being imperfect. So I think you're 100% right. Like you have imperfectly getting, putting yourself out there. The most important thing isn't necessarily the setup and how professional it is. You know, I think it, it is interesting in some cases that literally like the exact opposite. So being like more amateur can actually some, in some cases make it even better. But the takeaway that I kind of get from it is that way, way, way less important than the polish and kind of the professional sheen is really the content and is like the value and like the connectiveness to it where it's like, it makes you feel something. But then that, uh, that moment where it's kind of like, whoa, or it's like, like, yeah. wait, what, what just happened? And that's the kind of thing that like makes you want to share it with someone else because of, you know, subconscious things where we want to improve our, our status or, but really we want to, you know, we want to be able to, we just want to share it. So when it comes to like those wow moments, those kind of those things, I find that that topic really like fascinating, like that, the vir virality kind of like that, that equation. I've heard some different um, ways of describing it, but you know, it seems like one of the keys or one of the the elements of that sometimes is like taking an expectation or like taking something that you're expecting to be a certain way. And then it's just like, you flip it on its side. So then it's like, you know, people like they're going into it thinking one thing and then all of a sudden it's like, boom. And that's one of those things that can kind of create like the wow. And so with you and with like your finger style playing, I think what that feels like to me is it's like, oh, cool. It's like someone with an acoustic guitar, like, you know, they're going to play something. And all of a sudden you're like, bah, 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 and you're like playing around, just like killing it, you know, with the finger style playing. And I'm like, dang, that's super cool. You know, and it's the music too. It's like just the way, the way you play it and the emotion behind it that really does allow you to, to connect with people. One uh, idea that you know, I heard this from, from someone else who's you know, probably way smarter than I am when it comes to like viral stuff. I think it was like an article that um, was published in like Forbes or something that was talking about what makes things go viral. And they pointed exactly to what you talked about with things that are familiar that kind of allow it, they kind of like tap in with something like, especially if it's like trending right now, if there's something that the global, like the world right now is, is topic, it's a current conversation, the coronavirus, or you know, there's something that's just like very current right now that people can relate to. So that's one element. So it kind of like it plugs into it. But then there's the other element of like the wow, like the shift, the twist, the thing that kind of makes us go, oh, like I wasn't expecting that. And apparently there's some sort of like dopamine release or there's something that happens when we have that, it's like familiar plus unique twist. Do you have any thoughts on like how you can kind of utilize and plug into the current waves and, and what's happening right now in a unique way? Or you know, what are your thoughts when it comes to creating that, that type of content? Yeah, definitely a really good point. Um, what I would always do is to look for inspiration. So right now, for example, what's trending on YouTube in this, be it the coronavirus or whatever, or even if we don't have a global pandemic or pandemic, it's still like go on YouTube, check what is going well, or even artists who are like, let's say the weekend is publishing a new single soon or new album you can wiretap traffic from that and go for that. Just do a, make an acoustic version out of it or a parody video out of it. But just kind of so to basically take a chunk of the success because you know once 
the new single or whatever will be published, it goes boom, you know? You have millions of dollars in ad budget that are behind this to push it around the world. And so many people will search for it, they will check it out. And once you've seen it, and then you see another video popping up, like, oh, here's a cool acoustic or piano cover version or whatever, or a, like a funny version with a twist, like a jazz version out of this song or whatsoever. This is always super powerful and works so well on YouTube. So always make sure and yeah, to follow trends. It, it can work really wonders. Oh, what's up guys? So quick intermission from the podcast so I can tell you about an awesome free gift that I have for you. I wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public. They normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're gonna walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's gonna allow you to grow your fan base online and the system's designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's gonna be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, if you want to do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually want to hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Cool. So, so what you would recommend is when it comes to that strategy, like seeing just using YouTube's tools to see what's trending right now, especially like in the music world. And if you can take a song that is, you know, currently has millions and tens of millions of budget in terms of advertising, and you can, I like your term, like wiretap, wiretapping it, but do it in like a way that it's not like you're literally just creating a complete clone of the original song, but you're doing it in sort of a unique way. It's either like an acoustic cover version or a cool piano rendition or something that takes the original song and adds this different unique element to it, kind of adds your own brand to it. And that can be a really effective way to kind of pull traffic for free from some of those sources. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And like always, if you do an extreme, that's really working well. For example, there are one, I forgot the name, I bet. Um, but they like basically do really soft, nice acoustic covers of actually heavy metal and really metal core songs. But I love them. It's so cool because it gives the same song that you love such a different twist or the other way around. Like the, the song Blinding, Blinding Lights of the Weekend got covered by uh, a band which is called um, Rising Insane, I think. Uh, check them out on YouTube, Rising, in, Rising Insane, Blinding Lights, and they make a, basically kind of a rock metal core cover out of the shouting parts, and I'm, I'm loving this song. I'm just hearing it all day long, and it's just such a beautiful, different version of it. So this works always so well because you can interpret songs in such different ways. Be just creative. We're artists. We be creative. There are so many things you can do, so definitely, definitely, um, yeah, use this. It works. Mm, that's that's awesome. It, you know what it reminds me of too is uh, pop goes punk. You know, mm. I, our our band was like you know pop rock pop punk. But you know some of my favorite. I I love listening to those pop punk goes punk albums yes. because it was yeah it, like it was so, it, it felt like it resonated with me because it was in the style of of punk. But it also had the like it was those pop songs that were familiar and unique. It was like that that same that same twist. So. Yeah, I guess this leads me to like another question too is I've heard from quite a few artists and in some sometimes I think it can kind of be like a limiting belief but I also think there's like an element of of you know truth or or like you know their intentions like where do they where do they fall in the sense that they don't want to be like perceived as like a cover artist on YouTube or you know for example there's certain channels where it's like you know their whole their whole shtick 
is doing cover covers of songs in different styles. And that can be a really smart thing to do because, you know, it's a great, great for brand consistency. And it's like, you go to the channel, you know what you're, what you're kind of getting and it's kind of those cover songs. And a lot of people I talk to, they're, they're like, well, you know, I don't want to necessarily be like a cover, a cover artist. And what, what would, how would you speak to that? And in terms of like, is there a balance of like, like how do mm. they, can they still incorporate those strategies and be successful without necessarily like needing to just do covers on, on YouTube? First of all, I would say, I don't want to offend anyone, but that's your ego speaking. If you say, I don't want to be like this, like it's about your fans, you know, it's like, if it's cool, like, and the limiting belief, like read Eckhart Tolle on this, like the power of now or the new earth, awesome books, which are basically just about like reducing your ego and uh, all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's art, it's music. Why shouldn't it be awesome if you have your own interpretation of a great song like even um rihanna they don't even that's the the songs rihanna wrote diamonds or whatever the, rihanna didn't wrote it she's just a performer basically so it's just like see it more like be more flexible and i wouldn't really mind about this like do whatever makes uh, fun what um, do whatever your fans like and if you want to grow a big audience on youtube which helps you in the long run, it helps do covers and then just do it and don't think about what people like or don't like or whatsoever. I would just um, basically do it and don't limit myself. But I would say like a lot of artists do it like, um, like for example, Raising, Rising Insane or other bands who have one or two cover versions. Um, but still a lot of their own, like let's say 90% their own music, but still they put out some cover versions and it helps so much to get traffic. And these people who watch your cover version then check out the other songs as well. So it's just a win-win there. I think there is no downside on this, except that you might feel, um, yeah, you don't want to be an artist like this, but even really famous artists cover. And I, I yeah, I wouldn't limit myself. Like, be flexible and be open. And yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Absolutely, dude. So first of all, I love the fact that you brought up uh, Eckhart Tolle in a couple of those books. I feel like when we were having conversations on the sailboat, we, we talked about Eckhart Tolle a little bit. But uh, you know, it sounds like your point of view on it is that as as artists, we have to learn how to like let go of mm. of our egos and to be able to kind of stretch and just you know and, and to be who we are, but to do it in a way that we don't have to limit ourselves to a certain you know image. We can play around, we can have fun, we can we can do covers, we can experiment, we do things. And in terms of like the benefit of doing some of these cover songs is just it's so valuable in terms of the traffic that you can get from it. And you don't necessarily like you can do it as much as you'd like to. Like you can have a couple of songs, you can do ninety percent original songs, you can have a few cover songs that you do. You know, and I know for for our band too, that was exactly what we did. You know, like we did mostly original, original songs, but we had, you know, four or five cover songs that had three or 4 million views, you know, and that was a huge benefit in terms of bringing new people in that would like the rest of our songs. So I a hundred percent agree. I think it's something that is so valuable that it's, it's, it'd be a mistake not to start utilizing some of those strategies in order to, you know, deliver more value and do something that your fans are going to find really cool and to be able to bring new people into your audience. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. Another thing I'd, I'd love to dive into a little bit, and this is a little bit more on like the technical side. And you talked about like one component, one big pillar is what we just talked about is really about the the content, the virality of it, making sure it's you know valuable. And another big one is like the optimization. So like making sure it's tagged correctly, like the metadata. Could you share a little bit about like what's that process like? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I can share, for example, a um, strategy that I use to basically wiretap traffic from certain videos. And I teach this as well um, in detail in my free training videos that you can get. It's basically how I started with this is, and I saw a video by John Butler called Ocean, awesome song. And um, I was Dude, like, I love hey, that video so much. Was that the <laughs> one where it's like he's playing acoustic and he's got super yeah. long nails and he's yeah. just like yeah. lose it? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah it's an yeah. awesome song. So if you haven't checked it out, check out this tune. It's awesome. And I was like, wow, okay. That, I, I just love it. And I thought like, okay, people who like this kind of music probably like my music as well. So I was like, okay, how can I put myself in front of these people? Like if I play with... Like if I would play with him on the show or whatsoever. And I started basically using a tag strategy. And what I did was that I optimized my videos tags for this video. So what I did was I took, for example, his name and the song name, used it in my tags, but used some of his 
te the tags he was using in my video as well to show YouTube that both our videos belong to the same channel cluster. And YouTube is basically, it's a bit more technical right here, but it's based around channel clusters. For example, here in Germany, we have, of course, the same YouTube, but we have a German YouTube big cluster. And within this mm. cluster, there are several clusters, like it can be a sports cluster and music, a guitar, uh, uh, makeup whatsoever. So you have channel clusters. And you basically, YouTube suggests videos within channel clusters that are related. And the other important thing is that they, like this is basically you have to have a good watch time otherwise nothing works if you have a bad video you can optimize as much as you want it just won't work but if you have a good video and my video uh, still awake work great what i did was you can check um, out the text in a video you just um do a, a right click then click on page source and then you can um i think it's command f or something and then you can search for keywords and then you see the text or you can use a tool like vidIQ or something and you see the tags a video is using and you basically use some of these tags and then you have increased your chances basically that your video if it has a good watch time gets recommended and what happened then or suggested was that after a while my video still awake got always uh, made it in the right hand column with the suggested videos and i started to getting uh, to get more and more traffic and views from that video really like thousands of views and like tenth of thousand a hundred thousand of views and just because i opt this optimized this video for that video and this is what i always recommend like make sure that you tag use the right tags and there are different uh, strategies as well and what i see a lot of artists doing is like what put, do they put in the text their name the name of the location the name of their country and i like like this doesn't mean anything to youtube this doesn't get you more views like you know you need to use tags uh, probably and then use keywords in your description as well but um, i mentioned that, uh, this already sometime it's like it's if uh, okay if you have some knowledge about seo it works differently on youtube than in online marketing or when it comes to blogging and a lot of uh, marketers out there who want to who have courses on how to youtube basically just one-on-one -on -one use seo principles on youtube but this doesn't work because youtube the most traffic you get on youtube is not from people finding you especially not from artists it's youtube suggesting your videos to other people and this is so important most of my views over far over 50 percent comes from youtube suggesting my videos to people bringing in people not people are not searching for my name or for finger style guitar it's like suggested videos this is a such important uh, point or fact that you have to keep in mind and then see how you can optimize on that so that youtube suggests you to more people more and more and this is um yeah how you can uh use tags to your advantage and basically wiretap traffic from videos that have the, that are within the same channel cluster and that can bring you views dude that's awesome as you were describing like the whole like the channel cluster thing it's like a big brain isn't it this is like a big brain that they're creating with like, these different like clusters like, like with our the same way our neurons work and they kind of you know jump between between different on different points so really the the strategy is finding those videos that that you think if they like they like this then i think they like my music too obviously having a good video doesn't necessarily have to be super professional but it has to be a good quality video for like we talked about earlier having that's important but in terms of kind of helping helping youtube helping their algorithm identify it as like you know this is this part of the same cluster the way you do that is by you know looking at the text the description the stuff that they put in there and also like the tags in order to find the tags you can either you know if you're kind of like tech, technical technically minded you can like right click and say view page source and then like you know search for it within there or there's a tool what was that tool that you said? Uh, VidIQ? VidIQ, yeah. Cool. So you can use a tool like VidIQ to basically look at the tags. And then when you're uploading your videos, then you can you can like enter in the tags. I know you have that, that free workshop that goes into a lot more detail and actually like screen shares and kind of shows step-by-step -step how you do this. And I think that's going to be really helpful, especially for people that... Um, you know, need, need some help like on the tech side of it. But it sounds like, yeah, so it's like the text is a big thing, maybe the description, the, the tags. Um, and really it's not even, 
and the biggest thing too, like a ha ha that uh, an aha that they just they just gave me was that the majority of reviews actually come from suggested videos from like the recommendations. They're not coming from like people searching for it. So it's not necessarily like a purely SEO thing. It's more about YouTube compartmentalizing you and saying that you belong in the same cluster as uh, this other this other video. Did I did I get everything there? Did I recap that, or is there a piece I was missing with the? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you got it almost right. Oh, everything right. But there's just one important thing, um, basically, um, and that is to understand how YouTube's algorithm really works. Because this is like, if you understand that, it's like much easier to optimize your videos and really get views. And the basic thing is like, like any platform, YouTube pays, uh, not pays, they sell advertising space. So real estate for advertisers. So you can, could um, like promote your company or whatever there, you pay YouTube uh, money and they show it. And the more, the longer people stay on the platform, the more ads YouTube can show and the more money they can make. And if you help YouTube to keep people longer on the platform and you do this by having good videos, YouTube rewards you by showing your videos to more people because for example, if they know, hey, this guy over there, he has a really high watch time and people who saw one of his videos watch 10 other videos of him. So we should put, show more people his video because then these people stay longer on the platform and we can earn more revenue by showing ads. So this is a really basic, the fundamental principle how uh, YouTube works. And so this is important to understand for everything that comes because if you, you just have to focus on keeping people on the platform. And you do this by having good content and make, being, uh, being uh, well discovered by the algorithm. So to basically talking to the algorithm, if you will, and then YouTube, YouTube basically does the job of promotion for you. And this is the power why we should use it. And because then, yeah, we don't have to do anything and YouTube keeps promoting us because we help YouTube keep people on the platform. So this is a foundation why this strategy works. That, that's really valuable to understand. I feel like it's, it's because sometimes a mistake that I, that I see artists make is that there, there are certain platforms where it's like paid traffic, paid advertising can work really well. If you have a good funnel, if you have a good strategy, like, you know, you can do stuff with Facebook and Instagram and it's great. But with YouTube, you know, maybe, maybe there is, maybe I just haven't quite discovered it yet. But for the reason that, that you're, that you're putting right now, a, a big mistake I've seen artists make is like, they'll spend a lot of money sometimes to get like a hundred thousand you know views on their YouTube video, but then you like look at it and there's not really any comments like below it. The engagement is kind of weird, and for the exact reason that you just kind of brought up, it's probably a poor strategy because those hundred thousand views they probably bounced off relatively quickly because it was just like you know ads that you know not really it was like kind of cold traffic, and then it tells YouTube oh this isn't even like you know, there's not people aren't really watching this, so they share it to they show it to less people, which is where you want to get the majority of your views from on YouTube. So it sounds like that really kind of shifts the mindset going into it to the to make it the most important thing is really about watch time and and thinking about how can I how can I increase the watch time per video and one of the best ways to do that is by making you know high quality high quality content that keeps people watching and you know making sure that the people that you send to it are people that are like a really good fit for it and they're people who are likely to stick around and to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, the worst thing you can do if, if you just buy fake views or uh, like they're even not really fake because sometimes they sell like real people that watch your video, but they are not interested. They click on it basically, watch it 10 seconds and click away. And what signal does that send to YouTube? Your video sucks because everyone is skipping a, your three minute video is clicking away after 10 seconds. So why in the world should YouTube promote your video? <laughs> nobody likes it and this is a danger it's not about the view count in the first place it's about the watch time so if people jump off quickly your video is not working why should YouTube promote it why should you promote it why should everyone watch it if it's just not working well so yeah this is really important so you cannot really trick uh, YouTube's algorithm you have to work with it and then it can like boost everything out of there and it works so well but yeah Definitely don't. Cool. That, that, that's what I love about YouTube too, is I feel like it, it's a really good indicator of like true connection or true uh, value or true presence because, I mean, usually it's pretty easy to tell when it's like someone's like trying to fake it and it's like 100,000, but there's yeah, the engagement's all out of whack and it does seem like it's really organic and it's like really, it's it's authentic and it's a great way to build a real presence. Even though it is long-term, it's not, it's not like a quick 
quick, get rich quick kind of thing. Like it's worth, you know, building some roots there. Probably my, my last question for you is a lot. Another thing that I see like a lot of artists um, with YouTube is they kind of come into it thinking that their end game is that they're going to monetize their YouTube, that they're going to make like, like a really good income or like their full-time living from like, they get enough views on YouTube and then they're like, you know, making it from ads. So I think you, you know, this really well is that the ads, maybe that's not going to be the best revenue generated for them, but you know, there are other ways that, that they can take that, take an audience. There's so many, well, if you have an audience, like the possibilities are, are so limitless for you to be able to, to monetize that. How do you speak to people when it comes to like, they're like, okay, so once I do build a presence and I have, you know, a good viewership on YouTube, how do I start to monetize that successfully? Yeah. So the first thing is like YouTube ads, like the ad revenue you get, <laughs> don't count on this. Like it's like for a million, a million views. It's a lot of views, a million views. You get around, if you're lucky, a thousand bucks, but it's like ridiculous for the amount of traffic or views you get. And you need, as a musician, like you, you need to monetize your traffic in a different way. So the most important thing is in any way, build an email list, get all the traffic to your own email list. There's where the magic happens, where you sell your products, where you build your funnels. This is key and this is where you can use YouTube for, but really don't do it for the ad revenue. It, it can be nice if you have a successful channel. It's like you get a few bucks, you maybe can pay your rent or whatsoever. This is not what I would focus on. So it's all about using that traffic and building your own email list where everything happens. There is where the money lay, lies, where you sell products, where you launch your album to and not the traffic on YouTube. So this is, um, yeah, don't do it for the few bucks you get on YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. So, so really kind of looking at it as a traffic source and a way to, to connect with people and to build a, a following. But getting people onto your email list is probably a much, much better way to actually monetize it and just, you know, to sell, sell merchandise, sell products. What are some of the best ways to kind of make that transition from YouTube to email list? Like, do you like offer like, like any sort of, you know, in, in our online marketing world, we call it like a lead magnet or something, but yeah. like, what have, what have you found has been the most effective way to kind of take people, um, fans of the music on YouTube and bring them onto your email list? Um, what I do is, for example, sometimes I upload as well tutorials, so guitar tutorials to get people who are interested in playing and then promote my online guitar academy, which is basically, yeah, I run an online guitar academy where I teach people how to play this crazy stuff. And then I, of course, use YouTube to send them to my list. Like I have a free workshop or I have some lessons like a seven day guitar challenge, a fingerstyle guitar challenge, or percussive guitar challenge. And then people go through that and they are on my email list. And then they can join my academy or not, or buy my album or buy my tabs or whatsoever. And then I have a completely different connection with them. And then I can send them free tutorials, cool stuff. And so I always try, of course, to get people off of YouTube. And it's, of course, great for uh, um, brand building. And okay, that is maybe a fact we didn't talk about. It's basically you get a lot of requests, like you get endorsement deals, you get you, a lot of people ask you to play on shows, be it. And, all around the world. So this is a huge benefit I don't want to neglect. So um, this is basically a, a byproduct that comes, but as well, like, so yeah, get, using the traffic, getting them off YouTube and on your email list, and then having basically, yeah, your brand, which is out there. It's like when people check you out and they see, oh, you have a lot of following, even if you want to get a label, if you say, okay, I don't want to be an independent artist, I want to be a label. Just imagine if you apply for a label or get in touch with them and you have millions of views that like that's such a strong signal and even if you want to play a show and you're like hey this is my youtube channel they check you out you're on a different level you know you're on eye level and not like i'm this band i don't don't i don't have any followers please let me play like or uh, or sign me or whatsoever this usually never works so and these are the biggest benefits i think of youtube yeah mm. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, like the the power, the benefit, the leverage that you have from having an audience, and you know, YouTube is one of those signals, right, for the people in the industry who know. Because the people who are in the industry who are looking at this, they know when it's legit and they know when it's when it's not. And being able to look at that and to see that is is really really powerful. I, I agree, that's a huge benefit. And when it when it comes to getting people off of YouTube and like on your email list. For you, you know, and this this is awesome. Like, and I think it makes total sense that you know the, a lot of the people 
um, one of your revenue streams from your YouTube is from people seeing you play these incredible, you know, songs with the, with, on the guitar with the hand style and they want to learn how to do that. And what it sounds like to me is in the way that I, that I would help to, to like add to this, this answer too, is that ultimately like what you offer and how you monetize it is going to depend on what do they find valuable and how can you, how can you deliver something that they want? And so that's ultimately going to be like the first question that you start thinking about when you think about like getting them on your email list and then starting to, to offer them things is you have to actually kind of figure out like, what do they actually want? Like, what do they value? And um, so for you, that was something that you, that very smartly, you kind of assess the market and you probably had people reaching out and they're like, Hey, we want this, or can we have this, this, and this? And so you're like, Oh, cool. So, you, so you're able to tap into that. You know, if you're a musician, then as like a lead magnet, there's, there's a lot of different things that, that you could offer that people want. And ultimately like, you know, merchandise is going to be something that's probably at least in terms of the online stuff is going to be something that you're going to want to develop as like a revenue stream and one thing that we found is working really well for for artists right now is having like a private uh, private community and just like even like your email list you could you could label it as like an inner circle or a private community or something where you share like behind the scenes like before the songs even come out like maybe you have some demos or you do live streams there's just kind of this this like you know private community that you don't want to share stuff publicly yet but it's like they're kind of part of the seed group then that could be something that you kind of invite people to is like you know hey join the join the join the private community or maybe you get a free merch bundle or get a free starter pack and it could either be like a digital a digital thing that they get for free or you know it could be like a free plus shipping type of offer where it's like they get a free little cool merch bundle with a handwritten note from you and they just pay for the shipping and handling for it that's another thing that works really well but ultimately like like you know what you pointed out i think the most important thing is finding out what do they find valuable and even talking to them you're like asking them like what, what do you want like what in and listening to listening to what what they're saying and you know you don't have to skip ahead like you know in order to for it to be in order for you to monetize it like there needs to be something to monetize there needs to be an audience right so like sometimes people might want to skip before they plant the seeds before they you know the tree starts to grow like that's what needs to happen before the fruits start to fall but ultimately that you know that that process can kind of happen naturally as long as you have the audience you're focused on delivering value and then you find out you know, what do they want that they, that you can't offer mm. Absolutely. Uh, so bias. Yeah. I, I love talking with you, man. Like your, your energy is um, like, is at a, like you're like vibrating at a really high level. So I always enjoy our conversations. And I appreciate you taking the time to be here today. I know that, uh, that you've got your, uh, your free workshop that basically walks through in more details and kind of screen shares and shows them how to actually set up some of this optimization stuff. Uh, where's a good place for people to, to go check that out? I basically go to fanbaseacademy.com. This is basically the new domain I have and you find you can directly sign up to the Tube Accelerator with the free videos you get over there. And yeah, that's where I teach you exactly how you can wiretap traffic and how I generated these views. And of course, if you went, you can join my program, but it's totally optional. But yeah, fanbaseacademy.com. And if you're a guitarist, go and check out Fingerstyle Academy. So yeah, Fanbase Academy and Fingerstyle Academy are basically the both places where you can get either online lessons or music marketing stuff and YouTube stuff and how you can basically grow your fan base. Beautiful. And uh, just to make it really easy, like we're going to put the link in the button below here so you can click on that and it'll take you right to the, to the freebie. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Well, yeah, dude. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. See you. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.